in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Yeah. I totally meant to like tell you what each of our segments were, and I have not done that at all. Okay. This is the front page. We kind of go through a you know a handful of things rather quickly. I'm picking it up. Yeah, I mean it's not that hard to figure out, but yeah. you know you just sat down and I'm not telling you anything about the show. I'm just making you jump into it. I don't need I, I don't I don't need a you don't steering need your wheel. I don't need a steering wheel. Just put me in a car, hit the gas, and let's go. The Packers beat the Bears. No way. Forty-five to thirty <laughs> last night. Uh, the Bears returned a punt for a touchdown and recovered an onside kick. And still lost by 15. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for 341 and four touchdowns. But what I'm most angry about, Matt Nagy punted on fourth and inches down by 11 in the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers took the ball, wasted, I think it was five minutes off the clock, and scored a touchdown to put the game out of reach. Fourth and inches down 11 in the fourth. Whenever you see a head coach let his team know, I don't believe in you, the team goes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens. We don't either. Yeah. Oh, oh, you think we suck? Oh, dude, we were trying to tell you that we suck. You're the one that's over here trying to tell us to do better and give us your all. Like, if it was 4th and 11, I still think you'd probably go for it. But if it was 4th and 11 and you're like, eh, we got Justin Field, he can't really throw the ball. Look, you go for it when Baker Mayfield is on the other end of the field. Okay, you don't go for it when you 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 go for it when Aaron Rodgers yes. is you're you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. It was fourth and inches. Yeah, like, you have to go for blood when you're playing playing against Aaron Rodgers. You can sneak it. You can just hand it off. You can just run the quarterback power play that the Saints love to run with Taysom Hill. Just line, snap it to uh, Justin Fields. Just let him run forward. Right. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. And guess what? The Packers go down and score. Let's see. So that was with thirteen twenty one left. They were down eleven in the fourth quarter. They got the ball back with four minutes and 27 seconds. I undersold that. It was a nine-minute drive by the Packers to score another touchdown. Like, he lost, like, granted, they're down 11. The chances of them coming back to win are already pretty slim. But that was it. Punting the ball there, lost the game. And for some reason, coaches continue to make these dumb decisions where they're like, eh, let's punt and play defense. It'll work out well. Let's kick a field goal. We're down by 35. (laughs) Hey. 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 That gave them some hope. (laughs) Hope is a big word. Great question. The Bucks beat the Bills in overtime. Bucks led that one 24 to 3. Bills came back to tie it at 27. But Bucks end up winning in overtime. Uh Perryman, and I don't even know his first name. Brandon Burchard. Burchard Perryman. Uh had a touchdown on his first catch of the game in overtime that was for like 60 yards. Because I imagine the Bills were like, yeah, we don't need to cover that guy. Right, right. <laughs> Who cares about Perriman? That guy, that's fine. Here's a question for you. The Bills are 7-6. and six. They're currently holding the last playoff spot. They're in a five-way tie for the last two playoff spots. Are they going to make the playoffs? I don't feel like they're going to. I brought this up before when it comes to quarterbacks like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They're read-and-react quarterbacks. And... If you can get to them, if you can force them to double, just double pump or just have a moment where they stall, you could get to them and that'll, you'll force them to make mistakes. And that's what's happened with Josh Allen all year long. There's these games where he just completely goes off in the first quarter of the season. And then all of a sudden he just falls apart. So their last six games, 
lost to the Jags, blew out the Bills, blown out by the Colts, blew out the Saints, lost to the Patriots, lost to the Bucks. Here's the thing, though. Last four games of the year for the Bills. They host the Carolina Panthers. They go to New England. They host the Falcons, and they host the Jets. They have probably three of the most winnable games possible on the schedule with Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. And, and they're all at home, too. All those at home. So they're probably getting to 10 wins, right? And if they beat New England and New England, they're getting to 11, most likely. 10 wins is probably going to get Buffalo in. They might have to win a tiebreaker, but if they're if they're a 10-win team, they're probably in the playoffs. So I don't like they're playing poorly. They're losing a lot of games, but I, I think they get in just because it's Carolina, Atlanta, and New York. Yeah, that's what's going on with Buffalo. That's what's going on with Cleveland. That's what's going on with the Bengals, where it's like they look like they're just good enough to beat the bad teams. And that's what it looks like what's going on with Buffalo. They're just good enough to beat the teams that they should be beating. But when it comes to teams that they're, like, I don't know, equal to, or maybe they're playing somebody a little bit better, they completely lose it. They just, <laughs> they just fall off the rails. There was, I love I loved what you're saying. When you get to him, he uh, makes mistakes because there was a sack on Josh Allen in that game where he got hit by five different Buccaneers players before he went down, but they weren't soft hits. Yeah. He was just literally getting pinballed between That's his game. five different dudes, and then finally one of them got on top of him, and it was like, dude, you should have just gone down when the first one hit you. It's Cam Newton. He plays like Cam Newton, where it's like you have these defenders. Maybe they'll blitz a cornerback off the edge. The cornerback just bounces right off Josh Allen because he's giant. And then he can whip the ball down the field. That's exactly how Cam Newton played. And now look at how Cam Newton's playing now. You can't, you can't take that. My shoulder doesn't work. Yeah, you can't take that kind of punishment. You just can't. And that's what's going on. Josh Allen, even in the beginning of the season, was taking punishment like this. And we're talking huge hits. On the NFC side, Packers and Bucks are both 10-3 and three now. Cardinals are 10-2. and two. They play tonight against the Rams. We got a chance at a three-way tie for the top seed in the NFC at the end of the year. You're asking me who I think is going to be the top team? Yeah, who's the best of those two? I have to go with Aaron Rodgers because I have to go with Green Bay just because Aaron Rodgers is just, again, playing lights out. And the only reason why I'm not going Arizona is just because I don't know how durable Kyler Murray is going to be. It doesn't seem like he's the most durable quarterback, but the thing is, is for how he plays in his, in his style of play, see, he looks... Like, he's read and react. But it just seems like he is in so much more control than any of these other quarterbacks that I just mentioned. It's just the guy just looks like he is locked in 100%. That one pass last year to DeAndre Hopkins where he noticed that he was single covered and he smiled and threw it up. Like, how many <laughs> quarterbacks do that? This guy just knows he, he knows where everything's at. Packers go to Baltimore. Lamar Jackson doesn't play. I have to imagine the Packers are going to be pretty big favorites in that one. Host the Browns, host the Vikings, go to Detroit. Yeah, it's Packers all the way. I think the Packers have the best shot there because of that schedule. Although, I, I'd have to double-check. I don't think Tampa Bay has a very difficult Cleveland schedule might give. Might be, might be a might, little difficult. Because though. their defense, again, annoying. their pass rush, that Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney pass rush is scary. All right, Bucks get home against the Saints at Carolina. At the Jets, home against the Panthers. How are all these teams getting the Jets in, like in December and it's, January? It's SEC scheduling. Yeah, you get, right. You get Tennessee Tech, second <laughs> to last game of the year. 
But you know what, though? I It's not that I think that the Packers are going to go to the Super Bowl. I can't bet against Tom Brady. This just seems like another year where Tom Brady is getting overlooked. And then the playoffs come along. And then, yeah, sure, he'll put up a 220-yard game and two touchdowns. But the rest of the team just plays well. It just seems like, I, again, I can't go against the Bucs. But right now, it looks like the Green Bay Packers are playing the best football in the NFC. Cardinals play the Rams tonight. And then Lions, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. That's definitely the hardest of those yeah. three team schedules remaining. So I think it's Bucks, Packers, whichever one's one of them's going to slip up most likely and lose to some crap team. And that'll be what decides the NFC number I, one seed. The only reason why I'm not putting the Cardinals ahead is just because of Kyler Murray's health. I just don't know. What a he's hater. not a big What a hater. <laughs> he's just not a huge guy. And that size has come back to hurt him. You know, he has missed some games this season. He missed games previously in his career. Uh... I don't know. We'll see. Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy. Here's a fun stat from Brad Edwards. Alabama has now had 10 different players receive at least 31st place Heisman votes since 2009. Over that span, only one other program has had more than two different (laughs) players reach that mark. Surprisingly, it's Stanford, who's had four. 31st place votes to 10 different players since 2009 for the Heisman Trophy. Stanford has four that have reached that mark, and nobody else has more than two. When was when did this stat take 2009. place? 2009. Since, so since, since 2009, they've had 10 players. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking, what is that, 12, 13 college football seasons. Basically, one guy per year has gotten at least 31st place Heisman votes. 30. Was it you that asked me the question, is it more important to have Nick Saban's resume at the college football level, or is it more important to win one Super Bowl? I did not ask you that question. Okay. What would you I'd say I'd rather be Nick Saban. I would much rather be Nick Saban. You don't have to pay for your own house. And, and here's the thing with Alabama, too. Like, these players that get drafted and they, they win the Heisman, it's like, it's because they are a sum of the parts. Like when you look at some of these defensive linemen that get that get drafted by Alabama, let's just say, you know, uh, like a Quinn and Williams, you know, the way they were talking about him, just saying, hey, he was so next level, and we haven't seen somebody like this since I don't know Warren Sapp or whatever. Let's just throw a defensive tackle in there, and then when he gets when they, when he gets on the team, it's like he looked amazing because. He's next to three other guys in the defensive line that are also going to be first-round players. So when you're only getting single coverage, it's going to look good. Alabama, I mean, has the quarterback ever really had to do that much? Had to? No. They have changed recently. Like, they had Lane Kiffin there and Steve Sarkeesian, both guys who were like, yeah, we're opening it up and we're throwing a whole bunch. So they've changed a lot in the last, what, five years or so. But prior to, like, 2016, it was... Our defense is going to allow three points, and we're going to just score like 17 or more if we need to. But like when it comes to a quarterback like a Deshaun Watson going to an Alabama, we haven't seen anything like that. This might be the closest thing to it. Yeah, I mean, Tua was kind of that. We thought Tua was that anyways, and it was fine. See, I don't know. I'm not going to say Tua was like that. I just think Tua, the reason he had a great year, the year going to the 
it's so weird because I do think that the reason why he was so highly touted is because of just that one big bomb in the national championship game. Yeah, he came in in the most important game. Yeah, in the- <laughs> exactly, you, at halftime. People were talking about Cardell Jones as the next coming because he played well in a national yeah, championship Yeah, but here's the game. thing, though. If Tua would have been starting that game and he, and he would have given Georgia the chance to have some game footage on him, how different would that have been? If they would have known that he was capable of throwing that pass or if that's one of his tendencies, but they, they were preparing the entire time for Hurts. So it's like he comes in and just comes in against a team that has not prepared for him. And it's like, and then he throws this bomb, saves the day. And then the following year, yeah, he looked good. But remember before the season started, tank for Tua. Oh, this guy's just, uh, he's an amazing NFL uh, project or product. He's going to come into the league. He's going to take it by storm. And then look at him now. It's nothing really that great. Yeah, they've won six in a row. They won six in a row, but is that Tua or is that just or is that, or is that or is that or is that all Tua? Only Tua. But is that the only Alabama Tua. way? We're only giving credit to the quarterback. But is it the Alabama here. way though? Is it at is Miami? It, is it the sum of the parts? Did Nick Saban go back to Miami? Is he a sum of the parts? They all are. And he's part of this Nick Saban coaching tree. Well, not Brian. Actually, no. He's part of the Belichick coaching tree. Brian Flores is the head coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. He was under. He was under Belichick, and then guess who else was under Belichick? Nick Saban. There's a tie in there. I'm not saying that, that was Brian Flores that has was, anything yeah, to do with the Saban. Hit the button, Jared. <laughs> Kalon told me button. a couple of days ago. I, you got to get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I get that one. Thanks, man. The Cowboys brought their own benches to Washington. What? I like Petty. Yeah, they go to play Washington. Uh, they end up beating Washington, but they brought their own benches, put them on the sideline. Why wouldn't you just have somebody just wipe off the benches? Like, just go ahead and spray the benches. Like, why bring your own bench? Because of COVID. Okay. Well, then why would you bring your own benches? So I'm under the impression here that it was cold in Washington, and they wanted to have welly, welly heated benches. Okay, that makes sense. So, in other words, I didn't know this was a thing that. I thought maybe both sidelines would have heated benches. So they do, but apparently in Washington, the visitor's bench, while it's technically heated, doesn't work very well. <laughs> I I mean, I can believe Dan Schneider also being like, how much are the heated benches costing? Yeah, go ahead and cut that. I, mean, I, I got some lawsuits that I'm dealing with. Yeah, that sounds Snyderific <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. So the Cowboys brought their own benches, put them on the sideline. I think it's great. I just like the Raiders jumping on the logo. If they lose that game by 30, it's hilarious. I think it's their benches. Do they have like roadies that come with them? The Cowboys that just kind of come over there. Equipment managers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, but the thing is those equipment managers, are they adapt to assembling furniture? I mean, they got the benches up, so well, yes. Do we know that? Maybe they had to stop by R.C. Willie and had some guys with us. Maybe, but it's just, you know, outsourcing. Okay. Stealing jobs from hardworking <sighs> That's Texans. what it is. That's what it Giving is. Giving them to R.C. Willie. Does that even exist anymore? R.C. Willie? Does yeah. It? It's okay. right up the street. It is? Yeah. What? What's right up the street? R.C. Willie. <laughs> Are we doing who's on first? What's going on here? <laughs> Coming up next, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm Googling. <laughs> Who should be more excited about a divorce? The Raiders or Derek Carr? Second and three for the Raiders at their own 30. They go over the middle to Moreau. A catch another ball is out and picked up. It's picked up by Tyron Matthew. And Matthew gets the ball to the Raider 38-yard line. Holmes barking up the calls. Right foot in front of the left at the near hash. 
fakes the snap, throws it in the flat, Darrell Williams, 15, 10, 5, leads into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. The Raiders still aren't covering Darrell Williams. It's a 23-yard touchdown on a flat route and yards after the catch by D. Will. They're going to throw a quick pass, Josh Gordon, touchdown, <laughs> Kansas City on a tunnel screen from less than one yard out. And Josh Gordon gets the taste, the sweet nectar of the end zone for the first time in his Kansas City Chiefs career. Gotta love the sweet nectar of the end zone. Gooch is filling in for Ed Graney today. Like saying Gooch out loud. There you go. Yeah. Little little attitude for you. Yeah. So Raiders lose. They're six and seven. Playoff hey, today's Monday. Have plummeted. Who should be more excited to break up at the end of the season? Derek Carr. Derek Carr or the Raiders? Derek Carr. Why? He's got to go. I mean, if you're Derek Carr and all you know is dysfunction, and that dysfunction was there way before you got there, he's got to be asking himself, am I pretty? Does anybody want me? <laughs> That's the part I'm scared of is I don't know if anybody wants him. Right. What, hey, how, what, what how team did you... needs a quarterback that they're like, let's get the 12th best guy? Right. Like, you know, did your wife find love outside of the marriage? Raiders need to. Yeah, they definitely need to. <laughs> they need to find love outside of this marriage. So we'll see what the Raiders actually do in the offseason, but it seems inevitable there's going to be a massive turnover. Whether or not that includes Derek Carr, we'll see, because they could bring in a new head coach who's like, yeah, I think Carr's great. Let's keep him around. But I think there's a good chance Derek Carr is playing somewhere else next year. I think both should be excited about a divorce. Uh, the Raiders should be excited because they need to rebuild. And whether or not you think it's Derek Carr's fault or not, this is year eight of Derek Carr being the quarterback of this franchise. And it's going to be year eight of Derek Carr having never started a playoff game, right? They've made the playoff once with Derek Carr. Unfair to him. He got hurt and couldn't play in that actual playoff game. But that's it. That is the only level of success they've had. Derek Carr has not been the biggest problem for the Raiders in those eight years, but he has been part of the problem, right? He's still not, he's not above blame in this scenario. The Raiders need to completely start over. They need at pretty much everywhere. They need to completely start over. And that includes Derek Carr and the quarterback spot. But here's the thing that Derek Carr did yesterday that I'm looking around saying, what the hell are we doing here? He gave this quote. That's what builds character. People will say, I'll take wins over character any day. Well, you need good character to eventually get it right. His team just got blasted by the Kansas City Chiefs. And in the postgame press conference, he's talking about that they can build character after this loss and that you have to have character before you can win. Yeah. The um, hell are you doing? You've yeah. been here for eight years. You haven't won anything. And you're worried about character? Yeah, I don't think it's the Raiders' lack of honesty is why they're <laughs> losing football games. <laughs> And also, this is the organization that employed John Gruden and Henry Ruggs this year. Yes. They don't have character or wins. None. None of that exists for this organization. Like, it's so... Maybe that's what Derek Carr was saying. He was just like, look. They were better when they had those two on the team. Right, yeah. But, I mean, at least... They one, were 3-0. and But at least one had a, a funny face. 
you know, when he would squint and when he'd get mad. And the other one was like, you know, he ran a 4-2-40. So, I mean, you got that going for you. I just, I can't believe, and it's two weeks in a row now. Rich Bisaccia last week talked about you got you to gotta be worried about the process, not the scoreboard after they lost last week. And now Derek Carr is talking about what well, we can build character. And some people want wins over character, not me. I want character. Two weeks in a row, the two biggest voices on this team have come in after a loss and been like, oh, the record doesn't matter. The wins don't matter. We're worried about the process and character. Get the hell out of here. No, get, go. Well, first off, I want to know, what the hell do you mean by character? You, they gotta, like, like, there's got to be something. He's his What he's referring to is the whole, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. That's yeah. what he's talking about, that they've been punched in the mouth and they've got to fight back. It's like... You've been punched in the mouth a hundred times every year for eight years. Yeah. They're and on you, top of you. Right. Yeah, they're it's on top over. of you punching. They're giving you wet willies, and then you get back up, and then you get knocked back down. How about for once you punch somebody else down? <laughs> yes. Turn that attitude around. Right. But be the bully. It's two weeks in a row. We've heard from the head coach and the quarterback be like, the wins don't matter. It's the process and the character. And that's ridiculous. That's absurd for an organization that came in with the GM saying, this is a playoff team. This team has to go to the playoffs. That's absurd to have that 13 games in, the coach and the quarterback being like, ah, character's important. The process is important. Don't look at the scoreboard. It's ridiculous. No, the scoreboard is the be-all, end-all in all of sports. It is the it's most important thing. Sports. Yes, we keep score. We yeah. know who sucks. I'm not over here like, hey, wow, look at that guy's a Trump impersonation. Boy, that, that guy's a character. The other thing that Carr did yesterday that really annoyed me multiple times in his press conference, he said things to the effect of most of our guys work really hard. Multiple times he brought up that he'd say things like, for the most part, we have each other's back. Most of our guys work hard. Like he was very clearly yesterday after the game throwing people under the bus. He didn't name any of them, but he was very clearly pointing the finger at other people saying, oh, they don't work hard enough. This is the same quarterback that like four weeks ago was saying, this team's different from last year. This team's different from the last seven years when we failed. He was looking at this team and saying, this is a team that's going to go to the playoffs because we're different. Well, they had a different record four weeks ago. And now (laughs) he's looking around, pointing the finger saying, well, most of the guys in here work hard. It's absurd. The things he said after that game are absurd to be the quarterback of a team that just blew it. And for him to point the finger and pretend like the win loss doesn't matter is ridiculous. Well, one thing that drives me crazy is when they go, these guys work hard. Well, this is the NFL. If you don't work hard, you're going to die. You know what I mean? It's like, if you don't work hard, one of your one of your teammates, for example, if the offensive line doesn't work hard, guess who's going to get crushed? It's going to be Derek Carr. So... When you're watching guys miss their blocks and you're watching guys make these mental mistakes, I'm sure he's just extremely frustrated. He's getting blasted. There have been a couple of hits this year where I'm like, wow, somebody didn't have the character to block for Derek Carr because (laughs) he got destroyed. And that's kind of what's going on here. I mean, you're just seeing so many mental lapses. This circus that was this year, nobody expected the circus to happen this year to this Raiders team. We did not expect this. No. No one did. They they had one of the few coaches outside of college football with a ten year contract. Like that, with stability is what we actually expected from this team. That's what we thought. But then again, it's like all the draft picks that they made. Like they had three first round draft picks: Clement Farrell, J- Josh Jacobs, and Abram. And all three of those guys. And guess what? When they drafted those guys, you know what Mike Mayock said? Character. They're high character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why they drafted them. 
wanted to get some high character in the locker room. Yeah, and now what, we're sitting here, and they don't have enough character to win games. Mike Mayock, this is what his interview portion was for the pro, for the for the combine. You ready? He sat in with Clone Farrell, and he goes, "All right, look, I'm going to leave these three dollars on the table and leave the t- leave the room." And then when he came back, he noticed the three dollars were there, and he's like, "This is my guy." No, no, he top came back, five. He came back, and Cleveland Farrell put three more dollars. Oh, on that's the table. what it was. <laughs> He's like, this just boosted my draft stock <laughs> to bottom of the first round of top five, baby. Coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Hockey Guy. I'm out. Ryan, I'm here with Gooch. I don't know if Gooch is going to ask you a question, though. We'll see if he comes up with anything good for you. Ryan, I'm, okay, here's my question. What the <laughs> hell is offsides? Just can we go <laughs> really slow it down for me? Yeah, so offsides is when a player uh, that is attacking the zone is in the zone before the puck. So oh. players in before the puck, and then the puck comes in, that is offside. I'm sorry, Ryan. The correct answer is shut up, Gooch. Oh, come on. You and I go way back. We do go way back. We do go way back. Look at the respect. Respect. How many people respect you around here? Ryan. Just Ryan? Is that the list ends? I mean, I bought him a sandwich. You bought the respect. (laughs) The people who have seen Gooch at a strip club at midnight. Yes. They respect me. (laughs) All right, Ryan. Here's the first question for you. Do you believe... Zach Whitecloud, when he said that he did not even think about his hat trick when he had a breakaway after already having scored two goals. Yeah, I, I actually do. Um, just simply because, like, I think that that tracks for who Zach Whitecloud is. Like, it, it's all team first. It, it's all uh, doing whatever I can to help the team win. And you know, I I have no real doubt in my mind that. Um, the only thing that he wanted to do was score a goal, not because it would complete the hat trick, but because it would help the team win. Is he better than Shea Theodore? I mean, he's having a hell of a year, right? Like this is Zach Whitecloud's um, announcement to the hockey world that he is not just a defensive defenseman. He's the type of player that can jump in and make really smart reads in the offensive zone. Both of his goals were because of those types of reads. Um, he's been really, really good for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's been better paired up with Braden McNabb, and, you know, it's a good problem to have, especially when you're still navigating these waters without Alec Martinez. Here's your uh, goals by select defensemen this year on the Golden Knights. Nick Haig yeah. has three. Mm-hmm. Shea Theodore yep. has three. Alex Petrangelo has five. And Zach Whitecloud now also has five. Yeah, again, he's he's had a phenomenal year. Now, granted, Zach Whitecloud has only scored a goal in three games, but two of the games were two-goal games. So um, I, I, I just think he's getting more comfortable. He's really, really dialed into what the Golden Knights are doing. His instincts in the offensive zone are really good. Um, you know, a great year for Zach Whitecloud. And with Shea Theodore, like it, it, you know, you expect that the points are going to come, and they're there. Like the points are piling up, the assists, all that. But um, you, you want more goals out of Shea Theodore at this point. But right now, the team is winning, so you're you're not going to get too upset about it. I've got another one for you. Both of these players have played 15 games. Mark Stone mm-hmm. has four goals. Zach Whitecloud has five. Yeah, I figured that was coming. <laughs> uh, is Max Pacioretty ever not going to score? It doesn't seem like it. Um, 
it just this is an absolute heater for Max Pacioretty. Ten goals in ten games, six game consecutive goal streak. Like he's he's hit kind of another gear, which doesn't really happen when you're on the other side of thirty. But for whatever reason, he's just dialed in right now, and you know you, you kind of see the the lack of of driving, the lack of. Uh, of, of really dominating a game when Chandler Stevenson is not in the lineup with those two guys in Stone and Patch ready compared to when he is in the lineup. So uh, there's just something between those three players. They, they've got great instincts for where each other are going to be. Chandler Stevenson's speed backs a lot of people up and allows for Mark Stone and Max Patch ready to be the players that they are. Um, I don't know that, that Max Pacioretty is is going to slow down anytime soon. I don't think he's going to be a goal per game at the end of the year, uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about 35, possibly even 40 goals, despite missing games. Does Zach Whitecloud look like a Twilight vampire to you? Um, I, I, don't, I don't understand the reference. Have you seen the movie Twilight? No, no. He's a straight no. man. He's not a 16-year-old girl. <laughs> he looks like a Twilight vampire. Look at him. Google him, Gooch. Google okay. Zach Whitecloud okay. right now. He, he's very... Uh... Is he... Hold on, Tyler. Tyler, where do, you, where do you fall on that question? I don't know what a Twilight vampire looks like because I've never seen Twilight. Um, yeah. Oh, he... he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. My girlfriend loves this stuff. Okay, so I know who team. Uh, I what it's it's team. There's like there's two guys. You got to be team what and team what. I don't Edward, know the names. Edward's one of them. Team Edward. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Edward's have, the vampire. There's a yes, vampire and a werewolf. werewolf, and you're supposed to be Edward's there's a werewolf. The, yeah. There's that? a oh. yeah. Exactly. And there's fairies as well. Oh. Okay. What is this? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about man stuff. Yeah. Okay. Sounds fun. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> Get out of here with this wanna, hockey thing. I kind of want to watch. Ryan's now. over here, like, wait a minute. I've dedicated my life to this sport, and now you guys want to talk about vampires. Yes, he does look like a uh, a vampire. Though. Ryan, if you could add one to the Golden Knights, would you add a vampire or a werewolf? Hmm. Uh, probably a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because he could turn into smoke. A bat? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. You can't well, hold a stick. You can't. You can't. You can't check a. You can't check smoke into the boards. <laughs> well, like you, you also like if you're if you're a werewolf, there's no moonlight in the building. He's or, got, your powers. That's a good are point. Yeah, good yeah. point. Right. You're just a dude. Yeah, yeah. way to go, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, and there's no sunlight going into the hockey arena either. So exactly. Yeah. See, come it on. It maximizes the skill set of the vampire. And come on. You don't have a like beating heart, so you're not. Gonna, it's not like you're going to get cold. You're just like, well, I'm undead. Wow. You I can are, actually. You are cold. I can hear people changing the station right now. I could just. <laughs> To, to <laughs> us. Yeah, to us. Yeah, I hear 14-year-old girls changing the station right now at ESPN Radio 1100. What happens? All right, here's a hockey question for you. How concerning is Robin Leonard's play? Um, I mean, I'm like, I'm not concerned about it. I, I, I generally think that all players go through slumps. All players have moments uh, throughout their career within a season where uh, they're just not playing up to their standard, up to their potential. And, you know, with Robin, I feel like there have been moments where he's kind of had these these stretches. But 
by and large, over the course of his entire career, this has been an incredibly consistent goaltender. I, I, I think he can get it back. I, I don't worry too much about his long-term um, play, just simply because I think the Golden Knights are going to keep getting better in front of him. I, I think that, you know, as things tighten up more and more defensively, he's going to get more and more confident in his reads and what he expects to be happening in front of him with the defense. And once him and his team are kind of on the same page on how to play certain situations, I think that the goals against are going to go way, way down and the save percentage is going to go up. Robin Leonard last year brought up, obviously, his struggles with mental health. Do you think getting over that hump, do you think that's going to be able to serve him a little bit better moving forward? I mean, him coming out, making the news, saying it, being very public about it. Do you think that helped him? Or do you think it hurt him down the road? I, I think it helps him because, you know, when you when you listen to Rob and kind of talk about all that stuff that, that has happened in the past and in the struggles with mental health, it's all about, you know, not being something that you're not, right? Like being as honest with yourself and as honest uh, as to who you are as a person. And I think... Um, for him, like speaking out about uh, mental health struggles and being open and honest about it is the only way that he can be authentically himself. And, and the more he is who he is, I think the the more the the goaltending and all that all that stuff kind of follows suit. So, um, yeah, I think it's important that he he you know is an advocate if that's the direction that he wants to go, and it certainly is. And uh, I, I think it's less and less of a talking point just simply because. The only way for Robin, I think, to maximize his skill set and to be at the top of his game is to be authentically himself. Vampire couldn't play in the outdoor game. Mm. Well, neither neither could the players. That's fair. Oh, <laughs> touche. Touche. Oh, well, he's Ryan Wallace. Uh, you can hear him on the... What do you want, Jerry? I just want to... Come on, man. I sent you the tweet. Oh, oh. I didn't look at it. Go. What do you want to ask? Go ahead. I wanted... To, I Okay, so apparently there's a guy and his name is Mortiz Sidier. Nope. That, that ain't it. No, just let Moritz. Him, just Moritz let him go Sider. with Mortiz Sidier. Okay. Yep. And he leads all rookie defensemen in ass. Yeah. Yep. Is there yep. someone... Is there someone on the Golden Knights who's like could come and like out ass him? Um, okay, this is this has nothing to do with anatomy, but only uh, only to do with big hits. Braden McNabb throws ass checks or bum checks, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm going to say that Braden McNabb is is more effective than Moritz Sider in that uh, department. So for, there you go. For those of you that are unaware, there was a lower third. I think it was during a Red Wings game, and it said Moritz Snyder leads all rookie defensemen, and it was going to say assist. But the yeah. entire word assist had not scrolled onto the screen yet. That's not what I heard. I heard there was a twerk competition going on with all NHL athletes. And guess who the winner was? Do you remember this guy's name that was said three seconds ago? Moritz. <laughs> <laughs> He's Better Ryan Wallace. Better than Jared. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they don't pay me to talk. All right. Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider Show over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, plus pre-post and intermission show for Golden Knights games. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. I don't think he really thanked like I, That thank you was a, all right, I, I, I need to leave. I like the check that you threw at me, by the way. You still with us, Gooch? <laughs> <laughs> still with us? Just make sure. What's the name that was just said? Dude, honestly, my girlfriend does that. I'll be like, uh-huh, 
Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, the, what did I just say? <laughs> Moritz. <laughs> I just throw it out there. Yeah. Everybody caught in that situation? Yeah, of course. Okay. He's got four active screens going at all times. I can I can almost guarantee he hasn't heard anything remotely related to something that isn't the dog in his house in like two years. Mm. I don't know what that even meant. It was it was a quite a word vomit for yeah, Jared. Yeah. I followed all of what he said, but he was talking about me. So oh, okay, yeah. I was like, "His dog? Is it a cute dog?" They're or getting it. A... Wash and Ruby are very cute. <laughs> They're getting it a bassinet. Oh, look at you, buddy! No, we're not. No, yeah. Can't put anything on our dogs; they'll bite you. Mm. They're cute, not well behaved. All right, we've got two tickets to the Golden Knights and the Kings. They play a couple days before Christmas, December twenty third, and we've got a pair of tickets for you: seven zero two three six four eleven hundred is the phone number if you want to go watch the Golden Knights take on the Kings. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 9 at 702-364-1100. From the shotgun, left hash mark is Taysom Hill. Takes the snap, he'll run it right. He's got plenty of green, and Taysom Hill will just prance into the end zone all by himself. Touchdown, New Orleans. Taysom will keep it to the left side, outside the numbers. 50, 45, 40. He's got another big green. 30, 25, 20, 10, 5, See you later. Bye. Taysom Hill. See, Jared thinks he's playing that to hurt my feelings. But in reality, Taysom Hill is now on my fantasy team. So I love Taysom Hill stealing carries from Alvin Kamara. Mm. It's the best thing that could happen. Golden Knights beat the Wild last night, 6-4. to four. We briefly discussed vampire versus werewolf and which would help a hockey team more. Quickly came to the conclusion, vampire, because it's indoors and can't turn into a werewolf. If you had any mythical creature that you could put on a hockey team, what would it be? Oh, man, that's great. Uh, I definitely like the vampire just because they could shape shift. Like I said, they could turn into smoke. Could you imagine some guy sliding across the ice trying to do the, the suicide pass, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's smoke. <laughs> the guy flows right through him. Smoke. <laughs> you got a one-on-one shot at the goalie. It's perfect. It's perfect. I don't think it's perfect. I mean, I'm leaning towards Sasquatch. Sasquatch is big. They're slow. They're unathletic. Have you seen their 40 time? So they're Nick Hag. Oh, that was that was some mean girl stuff right there, buddy. Come on. Come on. We got to build these guys up. Where's your character? We got to stay positive. What you just showed me is what's killing the Raiders. Lack wow, of character. Wow, Jared. You're the reason this team is going down. Lack of character. Is it character. weird I want to go Centaur? That would... You'd have you to spend more money. Skates. Yeah, you'd have to spend more money on but skates. Think about like how like they would. You, you'd try to be passing, and you'd be like, "I can't see my teammate. There's a friggin' horse in no, the way." No, you put you make your centaur the goalie, and then you just have him laying long ways in front of the goal, <laughs> and then bang. How else? Who's going to be able to get past that? He's going to need to be fat, though. Well, yeah, of course. He's not, if I, I'm not, I don't think if you laid a centaur down, they're covering the entire net. I saw a walrus. Do it in a Geico commercial, <laughs> and he did that pretty good. Not, and that's not even a mythical. Yeah, thing. that's not even a mythical. But that creature. walrus was was sitting upright. Yeah, but like the whole point of that commercial was the walrus was about to go to sleep, and they had to wake him up because if he was asleep, there would have been oh, that to shoot. At. See, that's not what I got. I got the whole point of the commercial was to show that if you're really super gelatinous fat, you could play goalie and be right. successful. But a centaur is not gelatinous fat. Yeah, but they're just big. But I don't think they're big enough. Is what I'm saying. Okay. If they, if it was. Big enough, then sure, but I don't think it's big enough. Okay, I mean, so the, the pads are going to add. Dragon. 
full size okay. oh, dragon. dragon. I'm with Put you. Put that in the net. He won't okay. really fit on the ice. Yeah, and by the way, if it's a full size dragon, it's going to take up the whole rink. Where are you going to put the other? Where are you going to put the rest of the Golden Knights? You put them in. <laughs> you put them in front of the dragon. Look not now. A... Okay, here's here's the thing with the dragon. You've got to score the first goal of the game, mm. and then he can just melt the ice. Love it. <laughs> I love this. I love where you're going. So yeah. cheat to win. Is it cheating? I mean, it's kind of like... I doubt there's anything in the rule book about players melting the ice. I'm pretty sure there's an actual thing in the rule book that you can't build a snowman with the ice, but yeah, melting... Uh, Is there really a thing in the, the rule book that says you can't build a snowman on the ice? You can't... Uh, all right. This has kind of happened before where, you know, sometimes they pull the goalie. You yeah. Know? I don't know how much you know about this sport, yeah, but yeah, yeah. sometimes the goalie leaves. Yeah, they pull the goalie. He goes yeah, to yeah, the yeah. bench. You can't, like, build up some of the excess snow that's on the ice. You can't build that up in front of the net oh, before you leave. I thought maybe you would no. just throw it in the opposing player's eyes or something. That's probably legal. Yeah, right. That's probably, like, that's no, probably no, encouraged. that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Like, that's I know Jared's not, I mean, I, like, I know Tyler's not going to get this reference, but, you know, you kind of remember Mr. Fuji, how you would throw, like, powder in the, the guy's <laughs> face and they would be blind? You're doing the same thing with snow. Right? Who the hell is Mr. Fuji? Mr. Fuji was part of the WWF, not even WWE, buddy. He was called, he was, he was World leading. Wild Wildlife Federation? Well, yeah, sure. All right. He was leading Yokozuna to the ring. Of course. When he won Everybody championship. Knows Yokozuna. When he won the championship. Who did? Yokozuna, Yokozuna. or Mr. Fuji? Yokozuna. Did Yokozuna only win because there was powder in his opponent's eyes? <laughs> he definitely helped Yokozuna. <laughs> Mr. Fuji definitely propelled Yokozuna to, to greater heights because of throwing powder in Brett the Hitman Hart's eyes. Sure. Sounds like it's cheating. It's definitely cheating. But when, the ref's, not, but when the ref's not looking, and then they turn around and they see the opponent with a face full of white, and they don't understand why, <laughs> but they still count one, two, three, like, huh. I would see. I would think something is afoot here, but <laughs> apparently not. Count one, two, three. <laughs> he must have done it to himself. He must, like, sir, I guess this guy saw Scarface. I know that's a reference you didn't get. I know that's a reference. <laughs> we are so off the rails. Yeah, buddy. Rails. See, you made another drug reference. Look at you. Look at you. Take us to commercial, please. What happened in Scarface? You never saw Scarface? When Al Pacino just headbutted a big mound of <laughs> drugs and cocaine. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what Brett the Hitman Hart looked like after Fuji threw the powder in his face. So so the ref thought he just did some cocaine. Yeah, he's just kind of like, oh, he's well, just... that's fine. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's totally cool. Actually, he should probably be kicked out for dope. Well, I mean, since something. wrestling's fake, I don't think they're going to be testing for performance enhancers. Or cocaine. Or cocaine. <laughs> it helped no, Lawrence no. Taylor. There's a hard line. <laughs> No steroids in wrestling. We cannot have this tainted. Yes. We don't want the championship belt being tainted. But clear out Columbia. <laughs>